Live from the Toad Hop Network Studios. In Hollywood, this, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a groovy way of relaxing. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. Number one then, and number one now. You're listening to Heffron and Reed. Heffron and Reed. Rated number one podcast by the World Podcasting Federation and the Podcast Ranking Association. No, for real. It says it right here. This, 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 this is the epicenter of audio frequency entertainment. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best. Heffron and Reed. I love you, love you, love you. The Heffron and Reap Show. Wow, that actually sounded really smooth. I think out of the last maybe five or six shows we've done, that one, uh, that sounded good. I told myself I wasn't going to fuck up today. And it's good. (laughs) And I would like to congratulate you because sometimes when you focus, you can actually really get things accomplished. It's the Heffron and Reap show. Um, John Reap, once again, still on the movie set. And some of you are probably starting to feel like, is John Heffern actually lying? Some of you are probably having feelings of, this is the same thing my mom told me when they were saying, dad will come back home. And every week I waited and waited, and he never came back home. So some of you I know are starting to feel the loss of John Reap. But he's still on a movie set, and that's what happens, you know? Uh, in the scheme of things, it, it goes movie, and then on the opposite end of the schedule is um, podcast. So, um, you know. John's uh, rocking it out. But today I'm excited. Uh, we reached out because here's what I realized, people. I'm not a fan of hosting the show. I'm not good at it. Sometimes in basketball, it's, you know, you're, you're the point guard or, or center. And I went to Reap and I said, listen, we, we need to get a, a co-host in here. So uh, to help me with my ADD and have my brain go all over the place. And we both literally almost said the same person because we wanted a little bit of a, a lady uh, on the show. And we both... Th- thought, well, let's reach out to um, Rachel. How do you say your last, last name? Butera. Butera. Yeah. And here's the deal. We've never met before. Yep. We, we've had maybe a two-minute conversation. Very so, quick. So to maybe um, just speed it along, let's just assume we've been, we've known each other for 10 years. Yeah, man. We've had some, like, you know, some some struggles. There, there's been some nights where we both got drunk and we kind of yelled at each other and we said some things we shouldn't have said. Had some fights, some and breakups. Then, and then we built that relationship back. So let's, and then now that brings us to today. Right. Super strong, tight buddies. And uh, those of you, uh, this is Rachel Butera. Uh, she's stand up. You're an awesome impressionist. Although, as a comic, I feel, I don't know if I'll have you do any unless you feel like doing them. Okay, that's fine with me. Because it's almost like when, when I do, when I'm in a different city doing stand up, they always look at me and go, so what can we expect at your show? <laughs> and it's like the worst question ever. I know. You're like, really? That's so how much show prep you're going to do? Right. Even though I've heard you on Howard Stern and on your own podcast, yeah. you are amazing Thank impressionist. You. Thanks. So at any time, if you feel like doing it, but I'm never going to throw you un- under the bus and go, hey, do that awesome one. That's good because I hate that. I will do as, it of my as, own accord. But- as I think you would. Like, yeah. it's not because even if I say you do an awesome Santa Claus, okay? (laughs) 
And I go, okay, so do your awesome Santa Claus. People listening go, okay, this Santa Claus better be good. Right, it exactly. puts people in, in a weird... Oh, you're right. Yeah, that, totally. I hate when people put me on the spot like that. But I will burst into anyone at any time. Now, let me ask you this. Oh, by the way, uh, I did, uh, and, and I'll give out all your stuff, Rachel. Um, before you came here today, when I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll have you in as a host. Mm-hmm. Or as a, like, a co-host. So feel free to... Um, uh, take to take rings. over at any time. So I listened to one of your podcasts, and the very first thing I heard was almost a, a completely bonding moment between us because uh, I used to do morning radio in Detroit with Danny Bonaducci, mm-hmm. and it was a running theme how this particular artist I was way more infatuated with than a another guy should be with this particular artist. Rick Springfield. And, uh, yeah, I heard it almost like the first. And here's what I liked about the thing is this sounds like very like. uh, uh, It sounds like slaughter. Hey, everybody, don't forget to go to the Heifer to Reap website. We got. Yeah. So and you you like some obscure Rick Springfield. Like like when I was listening to you, you were going, uh, you know, I. I don't just listen to Jesse's girl. I was singing Affair of the Heart, I think. Don't try to tell me you think it's all. Oh, really? I think so. Like, oh my God. So great 80s. Song. Remember this uh, uh, video? He had the, his collar up. Of course I remember this video. I would sit and stare at it for hours. Rich Springfield played at, uh, we had a thing called Second Chance Prom, uh, where 30, 40 year olds could actually go to prom. Oh my God. And he was our artist. <gasps> And he got on stage, and that dude performed amazing. Took off his shirt, did that thing where you turn backwards to the crowd and just fell into the crowd, and they held him up and pushed him back up there. Where was was I when you had the second prom? I totally need that in my life. Would you go? Did you go to your first prom? I went to my my junior. I went to my prom because my boyfriend was a senior, and then I went to the senior prom, too. And they both kind of sucked. Would you go again now? Yeah. I don't know why. I wouldn't why, have a date, though. I don't know why, but you'd have to ask somebody. Ugh. And would that be weird as an adult asking somebody at prom? Well, yeah, I don't like to ask men out or ask men for anything. I want the man to come to me. That's I'm old-fashioned like that. So there should be actually some more adulty proms. Like, I don't know why that's not a huge business. I don't know why either. It's, well, I think there's a lot of people who would like to forget about their proms. I know some people who didn't go to their proms. Um, or had bad experiences or got pregnant. <laughs> or got raped. Yeah. Uh, legitimately, whatever. Right, right. Legitimately right. So luckily just... their body shut down to make sure right. that there wasn't a kid. So, so they that, didn't get pregnant. They got lucky. Yeah. I got lucky. Um, um, yeah, I don't know if there would be like an actual market for that where people could make money off of it. Because I think a lot of people, uh, like I hated my high school and I don't have happy high school memories. But I know people who join every fucking, I'm not supposed to say the F word, right? A ding goes off, a bell goes off. Oh, I off. forgot to hit it and it's on another card. But we donate. Every time you swear, we give a dollar to the Wounded Warrior. Uh, so you're actually swearing for good. Okay, well, because I curse a lot. Perfect. But um, yeah, I know people who uh, will join every you know Facebook yearbook thing and they want to reconnect with their... I deny everybody from high school who tries to friend me on Facebook. I don't want to know. Just because you had such a bad experience at, at high school. It just it was a part of my life that was real crappy and uh, I, you know, I wasn't like the hot popular girl. I didn't right. have this great time. I wasn't hooking up with guys at a miserable time. So I, it's, it's not something I really want to remember. Like My life is so much better now than it was in high school. It's not even funny. Um, I tried playing Love Somebody because that would have been perfect, right? You gotta right? love but, somebody. 
It's late. You better love somebody. Um, so then I also well, let's let, we'll stick on the on the prom issue. Now, if you had a new prom to go to, or anybody listening, um, that was a month away, uh-huh. do we have to to focus on past experiences? Like you could have the greatest second chance prom ever, but yet you're looking at a, a past experience and you're going, ah, oh, this might suck, or uh, you might have a great time. Well, I'd still go if I could have like, all right, if some, if like a hot, if the hot, cute guy would ask me to the prom, the new prom, yeah, I would so go and love it. Maybe that's what we should do. Like as we become more and more popular here, and as you do on all your endeavors, we should have a big uh, our own second chance prom. But how? Are I feel s- now. Now I feel obligated to somehow create a prom for you that you can <laughs> leave me. and literally go. That was the greatest. That was like the greatest moment. Well, because yes. Yeah, so for my for my senior prom, I was like I was with my boyfriend, and we had been together probably two years too long at that point, and we had a huge fight, and he was about to break up with me, and I had no one to go with. So I asked uh, uh, another guy who I would. Um, uh, how dirty can I get on the You can show? get as dirty as you want. Okay, so this other I had this other friend, Mike, who I used to just like give blowjobs to sometimes. And so I was like almost going to have to ask him to take me because my boyfriend Joe was being such a dick and I right. and he was like breaking up with me like 2 days before the prom. Uh because I'm a guy, I'm still stuck at uh, had this friend Mike, yeah, blow you job. just said blowjob and you literally and then you yeah. could have almost said blowjob and then said John, I'm about to give you $1000 <laughs> if you go into this pocket and I wouldn't even heard that I'm about to go into this pocket because my brain's still on blowjob. <laughs> because I was a guy in high school, I wrestled uh like Oh my god, all my boyfriends were wrestlers. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I wrestled like 105 and I was 5'4". Yeah. So I I had no sexual experience in high school whatsoever really because i was just that little kind of i was just super little yeah but wrestlers have the hottest bodies though well if uh, you should you think i'm skinny uh, no it was chicken legs i i was yeah i was just a little skinny so my makeout mix (laughs) cassette uh, i never really used it on anybody okay well this Uh, kid was kind of he was like hot he was like a friend of uh he was the brother of my friend in my grade and he was a year older two years older and we always had this thing and he would call me up and be like i feel like kissing somebody who knows how to kiss come over i'd be like all right and then it would always you know it would turn into something else but um yeah, I almost had to go to prom with him, and thank God I didn't. But I went with my boyfriend. We didn't love each other anymore, but we were still there. And then we went away for the shitty weekend in the Poconos in Pennsylvania, and it was just miserable. So how did it, and I'm trying to play some awesome makeup music as we talk about this, but I realized um, oh, th- that this. Yeah, right. Um, what's this one? Oh, I see. I see what's going on. If it's an iTunes thing, it won't play on here. It only plays M- MP3s. You're putting makeup music on. That's awesome. All right, so <laughs> let's I call you up. And this is how the guy goes, hey, Rach, it's Dan. Um, sure would like somebody to kiss. Why don't you come over? My parents aren't coming home till 3. I, I lived around the corner, so I'd be and like. And then you'd go over there. Yeah, I'd go over there because he was, he was hot. His name was Mike, and he was hot, and uh, we were friends, and it was like kind of just okay. He had a big dick, so everything was perfect. And you would go, and this. I would just go. I mean, it was just, you know, I liked him. He was cute, and, and we were friends, and it was like no big deal. Blowjobs are no big deal to me. See, this is the thing. This is where I differ with a lot of girls. A lot of girls are like, oh, my God, I would never suck his dick, but I would fuck him. And I'm the opposite. Like, to me, sex is super intimate, but a blowjob is kind of no big deal. Really? Yeah. You should write a book. About 
Okay. You, should, you should just call the, the book Blowjobs Are No Big Deal. That would be awesome. And then maybe like a three-step process for, <laughs> for, for some people maybe that like are a little how bit... how-to? I totally should write a how-to because I'm really good at it. Yeah, but just like a three, just, uh, three simple steps mm-hmm. uh, and just put it out and then... Uh, you know, or make it a card series. And I thought about teaching a class. I, I've seen that there's blowjob classes before because so many women don't like it. A lot of women don't like. It. I was just talking to somebody the other day. She's like, I mean, I'll do it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do it because he likes it, but it doesn't really do anything for me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like a fun thing to do. It's like a project. It's a task. It's something to do, accomplish, and accomplish well. Do you think guys, if they, let's say. You had a coupon, and you're charging a class for the, the BJ school, mm-hmm. and guys would get that for their wife or their girlfriend, or do you think if you now had that knowledge, you would use it for evil? Uh, do you if, know what I mean? If the man had the knowledge? No, if the girl did. Do you think a guy would go, oh, it sounds great. I'm going to send my wife to blowjob school. And then <laughs> now, as a guy, an, an insecure guy, you'd go, wait, now she knows how to give really good blowjobs? Uh, you can I answer that I better than I. I don't know if I want her having that knowledge because what if she uses that another guy? You tell me. You're the guy. I don't. I cannot presume to, to know how a man would think of that. I, I don't, I don't know. know. It's kind of. I, I I think girls. I don't know. I mean, I think women are inherent are, are, are inherently more tend to be more monogamous than men. So I think if they're learning how to give blowjobs, they're doing it basically because they have to to for the guy that they're with because they know it's going to keep him happy. Not necessarily because they're ever going to love it. If you don't like sucking dick, you're probably never going to like it. You're just going to learn how to do it better for him. Just kind of sad. But. By the way, let me just, <laughs> yeah, you better keep I'm digging that this thing. Like about seven hundred times. I don't know. I will disagree with one thing uh, that you said that I don't know if if women are more monogamous. Monogamous. I said they tend to be. I don't. Than think men. They are. I think you guys just have a better PR department. We might have a better PR department. I, I don't that know. That feeds that line that women don't as much. I think you guys back in the whenever, the 70s, 80s, had a really, like a marketing team that went, <laughs> let's really say men are pigs and men always do this. And then you kind of did that propaganda. Yeah. And then all these poor young guys growing up thinking, yeah, men kind of screw around more than women when I think it's almost equal. But I have no, I have no It probably like, is almost equal. It's just that you're, you... You're never going to see like I can I can name seriously like 40 married men right now who hit on me every day. And 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 40. Yeah, maybe even more. I mean and and through, we're talking through Facebook and social media right. and all but that. Right. 40's a lot. Uh, well, 40's I, like a, a crazy I've got all the Howard Stern uh fans, you know, all the Howard Stern listeners and they're all married and they right. have all their profile pictures are them and their kids and and still it's just like, you know, I would come down to meet you. You know, I'm going to be in L.A. I'll take you out. I mean, it just it just goes on and on. I'm not exaggerating, and I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but it's true. You're not going to – women are not going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, right. Women are, are not going to friend some guy on Facebook and just be like, listen, I'm married, but I'll travel 300 miles just to come and fuck you. Like, it doesn't work. <laughs> right, right. It doesn't work that way. Right, right. With, with us, it's – we're going to fall in love with you in the workplace. Or we're going to start screwing around with you because we ha- we're all comedians and we hang out together and something develops or we work together. We go to the same place every day. Like, it's just less blatant than with men. But, yes, of course, women cheat all the time. Too. Right. Now, these guys, they just know you from all your various radio appearances and, and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So isn't it weird? I, like I said, I, I only did morning radio in Detroit for four or five years. I was the sidekick. But it's amazing how people f- fall in love or get attached amazing. to a voice. 
because every morning, you know, they're brushing their teeth or they're in their underwear shaving and you're a consistent variable in their life every single yeah. morning. And to hear that voice and, and to become attracted just to, I had a girl that would send me 13 page letter, letters. Uh-huh. Uh, no part of the white would be left unwritten. And she, and she was one of these, I hear the secret voices, mm-hmm. or I hear the secret messages that you're telling me. Play Misty for me. I know when you say this, that means this. Yeah. And it was literally, uh, it was creepy. Yeah, it's scary. It, uh, it's a very powerful thing. And I mean, never is it more evident than when you go to a Howard Stern function and you see the fans who have flown to a party where he's not even there, but people from his show are there. Yeah. And they will do anything <clears throat> just to be close to you, who might have been close to him, and, and it, it's, a, it's such a phenomenon, and I keep seeing it. Now, with all your impressions that you do, are you, you to me, come across, I'm really good friends with Jim Brewer, and oh, yeah. Brewer is, you oh, know. so good. Yeah, and, and, and I always say that he's a really good, and I, maybe he even put this thought in my mind, a really good mimic, mm-hmm. which is different than an impersonator. Like, an impersonator is, you know, somebody who kind of, who can do a voice, but right. Brewer can, he can listen to somebody and then go, can we be the guy in the bus? That guy's like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he sounds exactly like the guy that we just encountered, you know, at McDonald's. Right. How, how do you pick up? Now, when you come up with all your different uh, voices that you do, do you have to work on them? Or do you have a, I always wonder, do you have a range where you go, okay, I can kind of, if a, if a woman falls in this, you know, sphere, I can pretty much nail it. Or do you go, I would like to sound like her, and then you have techniques to then no. sound like that person? I actually do. I don't know if I – I didn't make any sense for those of you listening. No, I know what to. you mean, but I, I actually do it the same way Brewer does. I've been doing it since I could speak. I, I would uh, – relatives would be over. They'd leave the house, and I'd be running around doing all their voices. My parents would be cracking up, but, like, don't do that when they're here. You know, don't do that in front of them. Every kid in school, I would imitate their voice. I would, you know, people like I meet on. I just, some guy was online in Starbucks today, and he was no, it was a woman. She was like, she had this strange accent, and she was on her cell phone, and she was ordering at the same time. She's like, I want two lattes with the skim milk, and I want one americano with the full milk, and give me one croissant. And so as soon as I left, I started doing it. And I, 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 am, I pretty much imitate every single person I talk. Like, I'm going to do your voice as soon as I leave here. Okay, but you know, okay, I have a little bit of a cold. So I, I am kind of nasally anyway. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> and from Michigan, so I do have a thing, but it, it's even more in right. full effect today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good, though. I mean, that's better for me. to. Uh, the, the more character you've got to your voice to work, like, I'm dating this German guy right now. I cannot, I can't stop myself from doing his voice while I'm talking to him. And oh, right. He's not happy about it. I'm like, dude, you don't understand. It, it's, it's my, it's what I do. I, I can't help myself. But I just can't stop. It just sounds super German. Is he actually very... doesn't sound super German. It's, it's a very light <coughs> German accent. It's a, he was born right. on uh, the Dutch border. So he's not talking like this. It's not like we have right. ways of making papers. people talk. I yeah. need the papers. It's, it's not. It's, it's just, just very light. Like, well, Rachel, I like your hair and uh, you're very pretty. I think that's what makes great entertainers. Like, I know guys, like, there, there's parts of my act now where I start to sing. Uh, okay, but here's the deal. I'm the worst singer right. in maybe the history of the human race. Mm. But I don't do it. I One time this woman shouted, you don't know how to sing. Mm-hmm. And then I almost got so mad going, is that how judgmental we are? 
I'm not supposed to know how to sing. That's why I'm singing to make it funny. Unlike a lot of black comic friends I know that write bits around their awesome Just voice. Just so they can show their awesome yeah, voice. Yeah, so they'll go, oh, that'd be like this guy. And then they start and they kill it. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, my God, he's such a good singer. That's <laughs> like to me, that's lame. You're, you're, you're purposely doing right. it. Where I can't sing. And then I, you know. But so what will you, what will you bust into? Like what kind of. I change everything. I do a bit about having to go to the, back in the day, you used to have to go to the record store and you'd have to sing the song you were looking for and just that thing. So just depending on the night, whatever 80 song is in my head is what I start singing. Yeah. So you don't need to know how to sing to do that. No, because literally the song I've been using is, uh, nobody's going to break my stride, right. nobody, or I'll go, you know, let me rub you up and down. <laughs> you sing, yeah, that's you enough. Stop. That should be enough to get that's by. That's all. But I had during that time, maybe even less than that, a woman goes, you can't sing. You know, you were, this, you were t- I listened to your podcast where you're talking about hecklers. Yeah. And and there you go. This happened to me. I was at the, uh, I was in Vegas this weekend for the Ronnie Mund uh, poker right. thing. And I, I got up on stage and some guys were heckling me, which has never happened to me before because I feel like only Howard Stern fans would do that. And they're, um, they're screaming, show me your tits, you know, show me your, pull up your shirt, show me your stomach. They're screaming Jenny Craig. They're calling me fat. Like there right. were like a couple of drunk guys in the front. And I, you know, I never had to deal with that before, right. but I just, but I, I, what I could do is go into character as one of the girls from the show who calls everybody a fucking douche. Yeah. And I just started telling, you know, calling them names and stuff. Right. And luckily the rest of the audience was all with me. So they were just like booing them and like going, come over here, you know, so. Who does that? I always wonder like people who are just guys. that, just that, like one, I used to get mad at them mm-hmm. and then now I just switch to, I just inherently go. I probably could almost peg on a piece of paper their life that they live, sure. how much money they make, <laughs> the mistakes they've made, yeah. and where they're going to be 20 years from now. I can almost uh, CSI profile you <laughs> by a heckle. But will you do that to them? You should You should profile them right there into their face. I have, and it's usually – my crowds that come and see me uh, just because of my content. I've always done remember when you're a kid, relationship. I've always kind of stayed in that – friendly zone because mm-hmm. i'm just i'm not an angry guy right. i'm not an angry comic who goes but here's my political views motherfuckers you should totally because politically i'm not smart i'm wishy-washy i'm like mm-hmm. here's my stance on this what about this oh i didn't know i guess i'm more over here right so when i get heckled it, it's usually from people who are just excited mm-hmm. and not necessarily you suck right like not the i wouldn't even know if somebody was like you need jenny craig <laughs> I, I don't know how I would physically get so. Well, I, I I'm did used have, to it. It's been happening all my life. So I well, I, I had a I had a, a my friend Topher, and I think we talked about this on a podcast. But he um, he gave some great advice. When you're on stage, you're a product, mm-hmm. right? So if somebody heckles you or gives you criticism, they're not heckling Rachel, right? Because they don't know Rachel. Well, of course, they've never met you, but they're, they're or or me. So, but they're heckling the product that's in front of their face. Yep. So it's a nice little buffer mm-hmm. to then not want to then go off yourself when you get off stage. Yeah. No, and ever totally. since I heard that, I'm like, yeah, that is good. They, they, yeah. they have a problem or they're shouting at John Heffern, the comic, but that's not that's John not Heffern, the guy no who's sitting on the couch. Yeah, they don't even know who you are. I mean, what they say. And, and honestly, it didn't even hurt my feelings. It kind of gave me ammunition and fuel. And I, when I came off stage, I thought of a better joke. I should have been like, really, Jenny Craig? Like, don't you know it's all about Weight Watchers now? Like, nobody right. screams Jenny right. Craig anymore. Like, no one even 
uses Jenny Craig anymore, that, yeah. which is what I that's should like, have yeah, said. That's like somebody shouting out to you, hey, take a jazzercise yes, class. Like, really? Yes, really? Jazzercise? Like, <laughs> you want me to? That's or like it. get one of those those things they used to put around fat people like back in the 40s and they would yeah. shake the fat yeah, off. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever yeah. that's called. They, still, they have a new version of that, by the way. <laughs> no way. That's fun. So how long have you done uh, stand-up for? I haven't been doing it for that long. It's been like two years, and it started because of the Howard Stern Show. I'd never done it, and then somebody, some guy from New York heard me on the show. He said, hey, did you ever do stand-up? I said, no, but I always wanted to. He goes, well, I'm, I'm putting a show together. Why don't you come do it? So I did, and it was a gay bar, and that was the first, uh, right. my first time at a gay bar. So I wrote, it was World AIDS Day on the day I did the right. that. So I so I did a bunch of gay jokes, and uh, everybody seemed to love it, so it worked out well. It seems being able to, to do all the characters that you do that, you know, then it's just a matter of time where you can jump pretty quickly into having a pretty tight set. Yeah, I, I'm, I think. I'm still kind of working it out. I, I'm, I always talk to my friend Mike about this and say that I feel kind of stupid doing impersonations. Like, to me, it seems like a... I don't know, like a passe kind of art, like Rich Little, you know what I mean? Or ventriloquism if you don't, or something. If, but I think I love the guys, and I think, like I said, Brewer does as well. Well, here, just tell a story, and then he just jumps into the impression. Yeah. He never stops and says, oh, I was on the freeway, person, right. and you won't believe who smashed into me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be weird if I hit into the Jack Nicholson? And then they would, those guys who literally go, here's a setup opposed to yeah. just suddenly – just doing the voice. Right. And then back to you. Then back. I think that's genius. And people yeah, love it. They do love Especially it. Especially when you never stop and acknowledge who you're doing. Right, right. Yeah, I do I do uh, need to figure out how to get it that because I always feel like it's like sort of a ham handed segue into that. And then I feel funny about doing it. I'm trying to figure out how to yeah. incorporate because I my first stand up didn't have any, I didn't do any voices and people are like, What are you doing? You have to do that and I'm like, But I don't yeah, I can't really figure out how to get it in there without it seeming Stupid, you know what I mean. I've started to do more, right? But um, I'm still working on, on on getting it tight so that it's not like I try, set up. I, I tried to learn. I just um, I do a lot of stuff with my voice on stage, and I just and I noticed on your website. Um, by the way, we're talking to Rachel Butera, and I'll give out. Let me give out your. Uh, hold on, I have, man, you've been so interesting. I haven't even hit one of my uh, uh, things right here. Hold on. Wow. <laughs> Rachel Butera Voice, at Rachel Butera Voice. That was your Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll plug it a little bit later. Um, I just got offered, uh, and I'm still waiting, and we talked about this on a podcast. I did a, a corporate event for a guy who runs an animation studio. Three years later, they go, we have this feature. Mm -hmm. It's an $85 million feature. Mm -hmm. We would love you to play this part. I auditioned for it, send it to him. They flew the directors out to see me in whatever city I was in. Awesome. And we spent four or five hours with each other, and I'm still waiting to hear. Mm -hmm. And you do it. It was really amazing because uh, you would do a line like, don't go in there, mm -hmm. right? And then the director, would, you would go, okay, line 22. Right. And then you'd go, don't go in there. Don't go in there. Yeah, all different reads. <laughs> don't go in there. Yeah. Like, and then you'd go, perfect. Yeah. And then line 22, and you went line by line. So I have no no way of knowing how well I did yeah. because after every single line that I did, they were like, perfect, nailed it. Right. Well, they're just looking for, I mean, I do this every day. I do voiceovers for a living. And uh, so every day you go into the booth or you go to the job. I just got done doing a, <laughs> I just got done doing the voice of a parrot for a Disney show called Dog with a Blog that's coming out in the fall. It's a live action show. So, the, right. so the bird is on stage on set. And whenever you hear the bird talk or squawk, it's me. 
So I'm, I'm st- standing off stage. The director's looking at me. Producers, everybody's right. there, and they're just like, you know, squawk a little bit louder. Like, you know, do the squawk and lunge. Like, is, can you squawk with a question mark? And, and it's that whole thing. It's weird because I have uh, some friends that are animators um, for some huge companies, um, and I called them and I was just trying to get advice. They're like, just after every line, throw in a. Okay. <laughs> Because that's what when they're doing you cartoons, throw on your own thing. they like to see that yeah. that weird thing. So I'm hoping it, this nasally voice. I can't just let it just you, sit here. Do you do Jerry Lewis? I would get. Uh, I would. People would always say that, or Wyatt from Weird Science. Oh yeah, Wyatt. Yeah, man. I would get that say, at say mostly. Gary was just taking a shit. Yeah, Gary was just yeah. There's Chet. There's Gary was just taking a shit. There's motorcycles in your house. That or that this old school nobody listening. I'm missile in my house, Gary. <laughs> or uh, Bobby Benton. Bobby Benton. He was in that that ice cream castles or something. No, oh my god, I can't, dude, I can't even believe you're saying this. Robbie Benson, first of all. Yeah, that's who people who who. I was just I was talking to my ex boyfriend last night, and I was like, I'm gonna watch Ice Castles. He's like, What the fuck is wrong with you? You've seen it a million times. I'm like, I know, but I love Robbie Benson. And then he was saying how like Robbie Benson would only get popular in the '70s, like it would never happen now. And now you're talking about Robbie fucking Benson. I can't even handle it. I wonder what that means in the universe. It's just weird. What do you it's think just, that means? It just shit like that happens all the time, and it's really weird. Can you do him? Just be like. I I don't even know. I don't even know a Robbie. He you was gotta a, sort of like be breathy, and you gotta be like, let's gotta, You can do it. But I don't. I think I'm just trying to sound too like sexy. Like, Ew, you, like <laughs> you know, it's it's just like uh, you know one of those. Go like this. Go. The flowers. We forgot about the flowers. Okay, well, hold on. I, I think I need music. Play, Let me oh, try this. Looking through the eyes of love. Flowers. We just gotta get the flowers. No. Nope. <laughs> You you had it before. He just he just like he's really like see how do you like let's say I want to do okay let's pick some uh, you hearing my nasally voice uh-huh. who do you think in the realm of the world who do you think I, I I could maybe pull off Jerry Lewis for sure the minute you start talking I hear Jerry Lewis hey lady can you do it like Nutty Professor type stuff like yeah <laughs> but I think a lot of guys do Jerry Lewis or like hey but, lady but you like, sound like your voice sounds like him though someone besides Jerry Lewis who do you think uh I get uh, uh who's the guy um the DeFranco people always say I kind um he was he was in Spider-Man I don't know. The Goblin. Oh, oh, James, James Franco? James, James Franco. I can kind of hear that. People maybe. always say that. He's so non-distinct, though, whereas Jerry Lewis, you could really go crazy with something Maybe because like I that. mumble or something like that. I don't think it's, you mumble at all. I think you, cl- you speak very clearly. You just have an interesting rasp to your voice, and it's, it's your natural voice is very close to Jerry Lewis's voice. I, uh, I met a guy the other day who, you know Pharrell, the sports guy? Yeah, the guy's... Uh, See, you yeah, can do that Pharrell. Guy. All right, you can I didn't even Pharrell. know I had in there. Yeah. Yeah, check it out, <laughs> right? So, I'm. oh, is uh, the Sequoia, the promoter for the Ronnie Munn Black Party. Right. We're standing there, and I talked to this guy over the phone, but I never really put uh, put it together before. He starts talking to me. He sounds exactly like Pharrell. I go, dude, you sound exactly like Pharrell. He's like, I do. I'm like, dude, do it. He he has the voice, but he couldn't do it. Like I, I'm going, say like, all right, tune in tonight, check it out. He he, he <laughs> right. couldn't. He couldn't. Get, it's Red Wings. I'm sorry. Yeah, he couldn't get like he his voice is dead on. It's uncanny, but he couldn't he couldn't pull it off because he's not a performer. He's not. He doesn't know how to do that kind of thing. So I'm determined now to get him to the point right. where he can do that. Just because it drives me crazy when somebody could sound like someone I actually, and I can't. I actually went online and I looked and I and, and I don't know why. I don't I, like I said I can't do voices, but I won't. I so want to be able to do uh, Winnie the Pooh's voice. 
It's not even in my it, even in, in my register. Uh, I want to say like, on stage. I just want to say one one line, and I can't and I can't do it. What and is it that sounds like, like I mean I could do Eeyore, but not well because my voice goes like. Why bother? <laughs> See, I don't even know I Winnie go, the Pooh. Oh, what? It's I mean, I know who it is, but I've never watched Winnie the Pooh. The only thing I want to get, I, I just want to say, well, I just want to go, oh, Christopher Robin. Like, <laughs> Do you know who does the voice of Winnie the Pooh? Uh, I don't know, some guy who's 100 years old. Isn't it like just high and just like, oh, I love honey. Like, I don't even know how he. Yeah, he does get that high, and then the, that's what Tigger's, and then there's Tigger, and then Eeyore. You just sounded like Bigfoot. You know, Bigfoot from Howard. See, yeah, I, yeah. See, I bet yes, you, can do, you can do, you have uh, super potential to do a lot of voices. Really? Yes. You I just, want to, you, you don't understand. Like, the only the, uh, uh, impression I did, I was a big Muppet fan, mm-hmm. which people who listen to podcasts know I was actually on the Muppet Show two weeks ago. Oh, my the God. The live Muppet Show. No way. In Montreal, <gasps> Kermit introduced me. Everybody was on stage. What were you doing, comedy? Uh, yeah, and it was it was a one-off. Oh. It was 5,000 people. Kermit came up. Oh, my God. Uh, they had the very beginning, let's time to put on makeup, yeah. all that. And then I came out. Then I'm at so the end, uh, they sang Rainbow Connection. <gasps> oh, my God, I would cry so hard. Oh, you know, and, I, and uh, I apologize for repeating stuff, but we're backstage. Kermit gets up, and he pulls out the banjo, and people go nuts. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And I'm looking in the back. There's all these black guys dressed all in black, union guys or Canada. Ninety percent of everybody backstage bawling. Yeah, because crying. That, something about that song just pulls at your heartstrings. Always. Uh, I was telling, and now I'm repeating myself, but there's not as I was experiencing joy, mm-hmm. like a, a joy feeling you get in your stomach. Yeah, that you haven't probably felt in some time. Right. I mean, you know, you have happy experiences, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get drunk, you have, oh, this guy's... But that's special. But that, that's a thing, that's a heartstring that has not been plucked yeah. um, in probably 35 I years. I feel for tears in my eyes right now just even thinking about it. He was just up there going, yeah. rainbows and lizards. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was and great. that's Jim Henson's son doing, Kermit? It was all, it was everybody. Everybody was singing, oh, my God. I, see, I have chills just even thinking about yeah. that. Yeah, like, and then you walked out, and then when they got done, Kermit the Frog was like, let's go, down And then they, they say your name, and you come out, oh and you looked at 5,000 people literally um, oh. crying. Wow. That, like what an big, experience. Like big, huge eyes yeah. just like staring <laughs> up because, you know, that was the first when I, when I was a kid, uh, I would get the cassette tape and I would tape the soundtrack for the Muppet. Uh-huh. So the, the first voice I ever did, which I, I would just walk around my house, in the bird, in the nipper, in the bird, smart, smart, smart. The it's the only because yeah. this as a kid, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. go, oh, I can kind of do that yeah. voice. Everybody would walk around. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. So I walked around. So that's, um, do we have to take a break? We didn't, we didn't, uh, no, because I know you guys like, Rachel, here's what they do here. Here's, here's my only complaint. Everyone here is awesome. <laughs> but what they do is, is halfway through, uh, they play a spot, which I don't mind because this is a nice studio. I don't pay for anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with the spots. And then they play this song mm-hmm. to train us people doing the show that there might be spots there at one point. Okay. Where I'm willing to say I'm a grown man. Uh, I know what it feels like uh-huh. if we have to wait an extra minute. We don't need to practice waiting for a minute when there's really nothing Is to wait for. Is it at least a good song? Or cause, uh, can we pick I it? don't have a lot of control, but you know what? Let's play this, and we're going to be back. 
soon. Heffron and Reap will be right back. I'm just addicted to it. Oh, yeah. Just all around cool. They're awesome. Number one. <laughs> You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. The Soda Stream Soda Maker is fun as hell. The kids are going to love it. There's 50 different flavors, and it's healthy. There's no fructose, corn syrup, or aspartame. So pick one up at Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, Macy's, Kohl's, and Walmart. Or just go to SodaStream.com. That, see? God, we were so good. I wanted, here's what I wanted to do. Out of whatever song that was, I wanted to play this song. But it's doing that weird thing where it's only not playing the full version because we should be hearing um, the whole song. This is from this guy Garcia, a Detroit guy, who this song. Have you heard this before? Just listen to it for a second. Have you heard the story about this guy? No, man, but I like that song. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, this guy that I just played for you uh, was came out with this album in 1971, the mm -hmm. song you just heard. Nobody in the United States bought his album. Mm -hmm. Zero. Like, nobody listened to it. A girl from Detroit flew to South Africa. Oh, is this the looking for Sugarman thing? Yes. Oh, yeah, It's the man. greatest story in the history. The I saw it, and I can't stop. Just, um... I gotta I, see it now. Th this is this is the guy... Searching for Sugarman, right? This is a song. Sugarman. He brought, uh... She brought the album to South Africa. And they, and they napstered it back then. Huh. They got cassette tapes, and everybody copied this. Wow. And he, he ended up becoming bigger than Elvis in South Africa. Was it a huntsman or a player that made you pay the cost that now assumes relaxed positions? Sounds 70s, like Paul Williams. 
Were you tortured by your own thirst? So the guy, Nelson. Yeah, so he, um. So he went and he, he got super popular in South Africa. But this was the 70s where people couldn't go online and check out who is this guy. Mm-hmm. So for 30 some years, the guy had no idea that he was the biggest selling artist in South Africa. And he, and he got hosed royalty wise. He got hosed just hands down. But he was like the voice of this generation because it's just all very like Bob Dylan-ish. Okay, so it's good, but like, what was going on in South Africa that they couldn't be listening to and Bob Dylan or the Stones or everybody else? Like, why did this guy become a phenomenon? He, um, he actually was. They listened to that too, but this guy was more popular. Wow! Like this was this was the guy, That's and, so and during that time in South Africa was apartheid. So what happened is they basically put up a wall around South Africa. Mm-hmm. No new art, no artists could perform. No none could leave. And they bubbled that entire area. Wow. So the people who lived in South Africa at the time had no idea what was going on in the in the world because their government shut them down from everything. So this album fell, got in before that bubble happened. And, you you know, you play what you have access to. And this song. But the record company didn't know that they, that they were making all this money? They did. But they uh, then they traced it back in the film. <coughs> the guy sold like a million albums. And uh, they're like, well, you wrote, you know, EMI wrote a check to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then they went to that guy and he's yeah. like, how am I supposed to remember how many albums were sold back then? Wow. You think anyone cares? It was this dude who just wow. like, and this poor guy worked in Detroit moving refrigerators and, oh. and demoing houses his entire life. Oh, and, he's, and he's 70 years old. And, and just now, he's, after 35 years, he's starting to make money. Wow, that is incredible. It's good stuff, right? It is good stuff. I can't stop listening can't to it. Deny. It's very protesty. Yeah. And especially now you don't hear any type of and, and that's why radio sucks right now. Is oh, there's no, there's no protest. Like, there's no, what, One Republic is going to write a protest song? Dude, there's Like, there's no, no way a protest song or an anti-anything would make it onto the airwaves. It's not airways. an anti-anything because everybody's got an iPhone and everybody's <coughs> got an iPad and everybody's driving, uh, driving a nice car and everybody's got everything they need. Nobody's, you know, what's anybody going to say? You, you got the, uh, what was it, the Occupy? What happened to the Occupy? I don't, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They needed, like, the Occupy Wall Street, they needed a few songs. They literally <laughs> yeah, needed an needed artist. maybe some good protests. Maybe that would have helped the cause. When was the, when was the last good protest song? It's all from the 60s. It's all from the 60s. Well, yeah, because that's when all the political change was happening, you know, with civil rights and everything. I mean, we don't, there hasn't been anything like that recently. But I, I wonder if you write a, like, even the stuff that he was singing about is stuff that would be, is taking place now. But there's no way that song, if, if you're a band... I don't even know what band would even take the – not the it? dumb country guys that are like, you know what, I'm just going to say America. I'm going to say America a bunch during this, and then I'm going to talk about what I'm going to do after 5 o'clock. You know? <laughs> no. Not the, those songs. The last political uh, band that had something to say was Rage Against the Machine in the 90s, but it still did not have the gravitas that music – And I was just saying to somebody the other day that music is just not as important anymore. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well – it just doesn't have the weight that music of the 60s had because of the protests and the political climate. I mean, it's yes, there's good music being made now, 
And uh, of course, I'm at a different point in my life where, you know, music isn't like everything to me like it was when I was right. a teenager and when I was in my 20s. But um, I still find myself, as much as I like some new music, I find myself listening to classic rock constantly and just going back, going back, going back. I'm a big 80s guy, but I have a thing where uh, I have satellite and I'll go a month. I pick months. Like, so I'll go one month, all 40s country. Wow. Like 40s, 50s. In the whole month. I just, I, I immerse myself in whatever genre that is. Uh-huh. And then the next month, 80s. Wow. And then 90s. So it's like, and it's weird how your mindset changes yeah. during the thing. So if you go old school, that like Harry Connick, yeah. you know, you know, like that, it had to be you. Uh-huh. Then suddenly you're very gentleman-y. And everything you do, you know. You're, you're saying your personality adjusts yeah, according to yeah, what you're listening yeah, to. Yeah, so then you find yourself going, yeah, with my sports jacket, I'm going to wear like a little silk tie, right? <laughs> you find yourself getting, and then you're like 80s, and then you're like, yeah, everything's kind of upbeat. And then 90s, and I'm, I'm in a more flannel. It's amazing how you're your outlook on life changes. I find that to be true of TV. When I watch Mad Men, every time when Mad Men is on. Right. I am wearing a dress. I'm wearing red <laughs> lipstick. My hair is curled, and I am totally fucking Joan. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. I am like walking around swinging my hips. Like right, I don't right. swing my hips when I walk, but when Mad Men is on, I'm swinging my hips. Right. I'm batting my eyes, and I am Joan. So yeah, I do that. I do that all the time. Like I'm a big. Uh, there's a station on, on my cable. It's called Palladia, I think, mm-hmm. and it shows all '80s. A lot of 80s classics, and I'm such a guy from the teenager of I the, love 80s, the 80s, too, dude. that I can too. hear certain songs and literally almost tell you what homework assignment I'm not doing. <laughs> like that song uh, from uh, You Babe Stepping Out Into, into the, the Light. Into Jackson. I literally hear that song and go, I'm, I'm not doing my uh, book report. That's funny. Yeah, I'm sitting on the couch in my mauve living room with like a hideous rug. My mother's like baking cookies and I'm watching that giant yellow taxi in the Joe Jackson video. I was glued to MTV. I mean, literally glued to MTV from 1981. Until I don't even know when 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 it started when they brought Yo MTV raps on that's right. when I was like oh it's over you you weren't a fan I'm not I'm not a fan of rap or hip hop I never was and like once that music started playing I'm like that's it it's the end of MTV and I stopped watching but I was such a fan of music I had an older brother he was six years older than me so I would spend all my time in his room listening to his albums and he was a musician too so uh, he turned me on to everything and then once MTV started they couldn't take they couldn't peel me away from the TV. Yeah, I watch. There's some songs uh, that I literally, man. It, it's weird how music can anchor you to a certain point, and you can use that music. I, I, my favorite feeling to get when I'm listening to music is that melancholy, Me too. super sad. I love to be sad. To Almost music. like Tom Waitsy yeah. or or like this right here, like um, like this right here. Adams. Does this remind you back for yeah, like that Tom you were talking about? Yeah. When you're like slowly grinding and, you, and guy starts to get a little chub and has to back away and untuck his shirt a little bit? No, not quite. This is more like me going, why doesn't, why didn't Johnny like me? Why does he like Caroline instead? I'm never going to get a guy. Hey everybody, it's Heaven Reap with Richard Gutierrez saying, don't forget. Effort and rage today. 
Yeah, that's what it is. Maybe we get new bumpers. <laughs> Don't forget to fax us. Fax us at our fax number for our cruise for women only. Right now, it's Corey Hart. Never surrender. Oh, my God. Just a little more time is all we're asking for. You can never surrender. Oh, I just heard this on, uh, let me just say, California radio is shit. Really I try is, not to it? listen to it, but like sometimes I don't have my my phone to plug into the radio, whatever, and uh, it's just so bad. They play the worst music ever, and the same artists over and over again. I mean, radio sucks completely now anyway, except NPR. But um, yeah, bad songs. Is it weird you reach an age where you know uh, where people love podcasts, even though it's just people talking? Yeah. Um, and Thank God, right? Yeah, that it's people like you know we're so sick of these two minute kind of shit songs that we'd rather hear people rambling for in you know forty five minutes at a time. Well, That's more shit, interesting. The to shit us. they keep they still make the DJs do. What's I don't know what the station is out here. Maybe ninety five five. I don't even know. It's a man and a woman in the morning. Okay. And they're just they have nothing to say. The woman's yeah. just like, yeah, that uh, that song from Elton John. Boy, is he a good piano player. Yeah, we remember that from back in the day. Okay, we've got another one coming up next at the top of the hour. And it's just, it's shit. They have nothing to say. Here, and wait, I, I want you to do music. that same thing. Here, but we'll do this with this. Just just be a really bad morning person. I love, I love, I love doing posts of songs. This one's kind of long. You'll be able to feel it. Ready? See if I know it. Uh, this is uh, Collide. John repeats his song. This I don't is why I, I play know this song. But just be your, be your bad girl. So so plug. Um, let's see. What do we want to plug? Um, be a bad girl. Plug our contest where you can win free cupcakes for your office if you fax us. Okay. And then just make up a thing. You probably have about eleven seconds. Okay. You got it. I think so. This is fun. This is it's, well, maybe it's a new game called Talking Up the Post. Okay. Okay. Ready. All right, starting out your morning, we've got this classic from Collide, or called Collide. Anyway, be sure to fax us later in the day to win those free cupcakes in that party this weekend. All right, our fax number is 545-623-4750. We're going to have more at the top of the hour. Songs like this. This is Carol. The dawn is breaking. <laughs> Something like I'm that. I'm so darky. I just, I literally sit there with my iPod and do, do that all the day. Uh, here, let's do another we should one. Just do, we should just do, record a bunch of fake talk-ups, like, and just post them. It'd be so funny. I, I can't. This one won't play. Um, and this is probably not interesting. Right here. Hey, everybody. It's Jod and Rachel in the morning. We'll be at... We're going to be down on Sunset Podcasting later today, live. Here's a little new addition. If it isn't love. If it isn't love, I don't know what it is, John. You know, isn't that true? I mean... I mean, what, what's the world without love? Uh, right. Isn't that what your husband said? <laughs> oh, let's not go there and talk about my husband. You know, speaking of my husband, uh, I had sex with him last night for the first time in a long time, but I still didn't have an orgasm. Let's take it away. I don't love a Dude, I just so... I talk up posts all the time. My wife thinks I'm a freak. Well, I'll start to play the song. You're married. See, okay. And then I'll just start to kind of play random, and, and I see if I can hit it right when the post ends. I, I, I have no concept of, like, my own age or place in this universe, probably right. because I'm not I'm 40 and I'm not married. Okay. And, like, everybody's married and has kids, and I can't even fucking relate to anybody anymore my own age. So, like, I think, like, everybody's too young to be married, and so I, n I would never... 
in a million years just even think you were married. Right. And so it took you this long, an hour, to tell me that you were you're wearing the ring, but I didn't notice the ring. <laughs> I didn't see the ring. Sometimes I don't see the ring. But, uh, I, yeah, when you said that, I'm just like, married? And then my best friend just had a baby. I'm like, she's having a baby? Like, we're too young for that. She's 40. I have, right. I have no, because I have no life with a man and a house and children and a normal fucking life like i have no concept of what anybody should be doing right now well you know living here in los angeles that it, you do get thrown you add 10 years to when that normally starts like like i'm from detroit originally in from michigan uh life kids marriage probably starts at 30 Mm-hmm. Or even even earlier than that. Yeah. But you move to Los Angeles because you have dreams and, and, and goals and stuff. I mean, those people do too. But you put every you put your life on hold till you kind of figure out your career part. Well, so uh, uh, now that throws you into your forties, and that's why out here everybody gets married in their late forties and then have kids when they're seventy and stuff like that. See, but I'm not finding that to be the case. Also, I'm from New Jersey and I just moved here a year ago, so I was single and thirty nine in New Jersey. Um, everybody else is married, but. I'm finding that young people are all fucking married out here. I'm like, isn't everybody supposed to be divorced and available for me right now? Everyone is married. Like, I take improv classes. Right. All these young guys are saying my wife and kids. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, your wife and kids? You're 28 years old. Like, you're in California. Why are you married? So everybody's married. There's nobody left. I'm fucked. I don't think so. I think we back to, you know, the, the conversation comes full circle. We need to have a prom. We need to get you a prom date. All right, so but who's going to And then ask if they kiss the you if they kiss you at midnight by the magical fountain, <laughs> then your life will be exactly what you Just wanted make it the to be. Just chocolate and everything will be. We'll, right. we'll have a chocolate fountain. Yeah. Why, why why would we not? Why would somebody not want to sponsor or do like uh I think such a promise. I thought you said promise. you did have it. I thought you said you did do this or But we should do it. But I did it like 10 15 years ago. Oh, like I want to do it now. Like I think people would show up I now. I think they would too. Yeah. Dude, we both have. I mean, we got we got people who know us and like us. Like we could totally you pull have a it prom, off. But the whole thing is, and then we could have it be rigs and fits where date. you you actually would become the prom queen. Or they, we could have a contest for guys who want to be my prom date. Like, like, oh, you know, Clash of the Titans, like the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. how Princess Andromeda, the guys had to answer a riddle to 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 go out with her. Right. So we'll make like a riddle or something, and they have to. By the way, that Clash of the Titans movie, it completely saved my ass, I think, on a Greek mythology test I had to take in high school. Get out of here. Hardly any of that was even real. It's the only place that I knew. It's the only thing that I learned any of it from. It's my only point of reference. Oh, my God. Well, okay. Well, if we do that, though, the problem is, and I know that, like, Cali Boss is going to be the one who answers the riddle, and so I'm going to get some swamp monster taking me to the prom. Two perfect pearls in a circle of gold. We'll have to we'll have to figure it out though. But I think that's what uh, we could do. That I would like to do that. But seriously, I, I'm really picky. Like I just won't go out with anybody. There's like a ton of guys who want to go out with me right now, and I don't want to go out with any one of them. None of them. So it's a problem. Really? Yes. Well, then you think the problem is more you and not necessarily the person. It's probably me. I'm very, I'm really picky and I probably have no right to be, but I am. And if I, just... I could make, if I, and you don't know on my iPad that I'm looking at now, you don't know if I have this app or not, but what if I was able to create uh, the perfect uh, dude? Oh my God, please like Weird Science, do it. I could. I'm totally, ch- I'm totally wife from Weird Science. All right, then do it. They're motorci- Put I can, a bra on your I, head I, and I, give me the perfect fucking I can man. Make, but what do, you, what do you think though? What would you, if we had a scan... 
like what pictures I, I mean I need to get a okay. in, in weird science they put you know they had uh, models yeah. with pictures and then they put a Barbie doll so yeah. what would be your mixture if okay. you can make a weird science guy and I think we have a minute so you have about a minute to All right. um All right, here we go so it would be like it would be Clive Owen it would be like a mix of like like Clive Owen Gabriel Byrne Eric Bana um Ewan McGregor all like rolled into one. The theme there is blue eyes. I love blue eyes. Okay. Blue, blue eyes, eyes. Blue eyes. Dark hair. Tall. Uh, funny. Smart. Big penis. Tall. Funny. Smart. Big penis. Blue eyes. Dark hair. It's my thing. Blue eyes. Dark hair. I love it. John rich Travolta. Or not rich. What? Rich. Uh, makes a million dollars. Has the potential of making a million dollars. Uh, makes enough money that he's not a cheapo just likes to have fun because i like to have fun i'm not a cheapo i spend my money too all right, if- all right are you working and Reef, shameless plugs rachel where can people find you i have it right here but it's always better if you just say it you can go to my website rachelbutera.com or follow me on twitter at rach butera voices and uh i do my own radio show called rachel profiling on radiotitans.com on thursdays one to two and please uh follow rachel butera uh voice not the Oz. Rach Butera voice. Rach Butera voice. And then also, since you're there, Efren you and Reef. Follow them on Twitter. Totally for sure. At Heffron and Reap. Guys, thank you so much. We will see you. Man, it's going to be very fast when we see you again. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It was awesome. I'm going to work on my uh, Winnie the Pooh voice. Oh, Christopher Robin. Why bother? Work on your Jerry Lewis, man. Cultivate that shit. Hey, lady. Hey, lady. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.